Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast time. This is episode four, Wizard on Wizen, sound only edition. The only podcast that tells you what it's like to be a wizard. Today, we got some pretty heavy shit going down. We're going to interview the Reverend Dr. Hugo Holmes now, author of two books, and the column straight from the fridge from the SCG. Also, I'm going to read you a story about tinfoil hats. I'm going to show you a song from B.F. Smith, Alchemist of the Blues. He writes a column at the SCG about how to be a booze wizard. That's something you might want to check out if you drink a lot. What else do we have today? Huh. So I talked about Yugo, the tinfoil hat. Oh, I'm going to let you know what being psychic is like. Just for a couple minutes though. I learned my lesson about talking about occult subjects and magic. See, I went to Catholic school. And every week, sometimes two or three times a week, we had listened to a priest yell at us. And when I made this podcast, I wanted to give homilies to get back at those priests who were yelling at me all the time in the, when I was a kid in church. But then I realized, nobody needs that kind of shit. So I'm just going to give you some little information, and then you can do what you want with it. Our sponsor this week is Ligaments. They're a new candy. Pretty intense. You can check them out if you want. And also, as always, the Saturday Evening Ghost. You can go there at the thesaturdayeveningghost.com. Well, wait a minute. Don't say the thesaturdayeveningghost.com to your computer. Just say saturdayeveningghost.com. That's the way to get there. You'll find all kinds of great things there. I promise. All right. So now, let's hear from our sponsors. And then we'll get on to the podcast. Tired of your breath always being stanky? Yes, yeah. I am. Why don't you pop a ligament in pop it? Shut ligament. the fuck up. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. Ligaments. I think ligaments. I that. It's the only mint made from horses. Horses. What? Maximum freshness. Maximum. Maximum freshness. 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 Ligaments. But this ain't your yeah. mama's mint. Ligaments. Ligaments. Feel stanky? Pop a ligament. ligament. The only the power of horse ligaments. Freshen your breast like a motherfucker. Don't tell your mom. Nah. She'll get all kinds. Mama, guess what I'm eating? Oh, wait, ligaments. I can't tell you. Ligaments. 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 Well, <clears throat> now it's time for story time time. This time on story time, I'm going to talk about tinfoil hats and why they're important and how to make and use a tinfoil hat for your personal safety when you're doing wizard things. So here we go. A soldier going into battle without a helmet is as ridiculous as it is unlikely. So too must wizards protect themselves when they are traveling the invisible realms. There are many ways of shielding and protecting oneself from unwanted invisible influences, but none is as effective and controversial 
as the classic aluminum foil hat. It doesn't matter if you are an experienced wizard who needs a little extra something for an emergency, a brand new wizard seeking to temper the onset of psychic phenomenon, or a crazed street person trying in vain to block government rays. An aluminum foil cap may be just what you're looking for. Before constructing a cap of my own, I was constantly bathing in strange concoctions and smearing all sorts of oils all over my body. I was lighting candle after candle, trying to keep the supernatural horrors I encounter every day as a professional wizard at bay. But I don't do that anymore. Now, I simply slip my inexpensive, homemade, aluminum foil hat liner under my hatter hood, and just like that, I'm ready to summon or banish whatever is needed to complete whatever task would make it easier by having an aluminum cap. Making your own aluminum cap is simple and inexpensive. All you need is some aluminum foil and the kind of willingness to embrace new and weird ideas that stems from driving too deeply into the mysterious sea of yourself and nearly drowning. I assume you have one or both of these things. A bandana, well, a bandana. I don't know what a bandana is. I guess it's kind of like a banana you wear on your head. But anyway, all those things are optional. You might want them. You might not. That's what options are. So, to begin making your cap, start by tearing off a pretty long piece of foil and folding it in half. Now stick that on your head and mold it until it conforms to the shape of your skull. It should look something like this. Now, in the original essay, there's a picture of what it should look like. But I can't show you a picture on a podcast. So, I don't know. Just make your aluminum foil hat and look at it. And then that's what it looks like. Now you are almost ready. Just wearing the cap like that on your head for everyone to see will provide an acceptable amount of protection against spirits, bad mojo, and most government rays. But it makes it, it, makes it easy for the ignorant to mock you. If you're at a spot in life where you're considering wearing an aluminum cap, the last thing you need is the jerks in the peanut gallery telling you how to navigate the interior worlds of magic and mysticism. That's why I like to cover my protective cap with a fashionable bandana. The best part about this is the aluminum liner will make it easy to take your bandana on and off, like it's actually a hat. That saves time. You can always put a hat on top of your protective layer of aluminum instead of a bandana. That's what the Pope does. It seems to be working good for him. Well, that's about all there is to know about making and using an aluminum foil hat for spiritual and psychic protection. I hope it works out for you. Let me know if you have any questions about this. Thanks for listening to Storytime Time. Now we go back to the podcast. Okay, so now it's time for an interview. Today's guest is the Reverend Dr. Hugo Holmes now. He's a shaman and a monk and a life coach. He's also the author of two books, What is Wrong With You, An Introduction to What is Wrong With You, and Conquer Your Dreams, How to Conquer Your Dreams and Accomplish Your Goals Instead. He also writes a column straight from the fridge for the SEG, which comes out monthly. In it, he takes 
letters from readers, and he solves their problems for them. It's going to be an exciting interview. He's an interesting character. So, hi, Dr. Hugo. How are you? Hello. It's good you're having me. Thanks for stopping by today. You'll be thanking me a lot more by the end. Let's start at the beginning. How does someone like yourself get made? Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Well, my earliest and only recollection of my parents was when they abandoned me in the jungles of Laos at the age of three. Uh, my mother was presented with the most difficult decision a parent can make, your child or your carry-on luggage. We can make another child, I remember her saying, but this is a one-of-a-kind leather product carry-on trolley bag, and it's not going anywhere near stowage with the common luggage. They were originally going to leave me in the first village they happened upon, but when I got there, the village elders could sense, even as I was in the dawn of my life, a vast reservoir of superior wisdom, and they were threatened and cast me out. Yeah. I've noticed people can be pretty mean when they're faced with things they don't understand. What'd you do then? I wandered deeper into the jungle until I stumbled upon a village whose people were more advanced enough to accept my gifts. Seems their ancient tales foretold the coming of a young, pale orphan who would become their greatest shaman. I, of course, fulfilled this and several other prophecies in my time there, many of which I myself prophesied. Fulfilling self-prophesized prophecies is pretty... Well, that's pretty... It's pretty something. What do you think your greatest feat was as a jungle shaman? I think my greatest accomplishment as a shaman junior grade in Laos was organizing a spider uprising against the village that shunned me. Whoa, hang on a second. The spider uprising? Uh, yes, indeed. It was going quite well until some dirty American backpacker loaded that the gills on amphetamines completely usurped my authority. Under his influence, what was once a unified front to avenge the injustices visited upon me began to devolve into infighting and backbiting. And Grandmother Spider was in this big hedonistic phase at the time. She had just lost a clutch of about three million children and was uh, acting out, very vulnerable. I tried to help, but that dirty hippie was too wily and swayed her favor. She's my greatest failure, and he my greatest nemesis. And I tell you, goddess, help him if I ever uncover his identity. That's interesting. I guess you've never heard this podcast before, huh? No, I only listen to educational programs of my own creation. Have you ever heard of uh, Hugo Talks? I doubt you have. They're very advanced. No, I don't think I have. What are they? Well, it is a series of talks, uh, each of which is accompanied by a PowerPoint presentation, which clarifies and enhances what the speaker is saying. I gave the first one myself to set an example as to how they are to be properly formatted. All of the talks are given by experts, certified experts, uh, whom I coach and advise until their talk is as perfect as something not done by me can be. Uh, honestly, I can't believe you haven't heard of them. Uh, they become more and more downloaded every day. I should be running the SEG podcast, not you. Well, Uncle Mort never mentioned you were interested in doing anything for the podcast. He doesn't really mention you at all, to be honest, unless it's about your column being late again. If you want to produce a segment, I can make some calls and see if I can make something happen. 
Well, no, that, that would be unacceptable. Uh, my wisdom cannot be crammed thoughtlessly into a segment for a podcast about some common wizardry. Hugo talks must be fully felt and endured in their entirety in order for the life-changing benefits to emerge. Well, okay, then. How about, um, how about we get someone in the office to read from your books? That'd be a good segment, don't you think? Well, if you give away the milk, no one buys the cow. The words in my books are very much like milk, white and creamy. Well, I see what you're saying, but what's that make the cow in this analogy? Oh, a, a cow. It's, it's a common dairy cow. That is full of wisdom cream? Well, yes. Do people actually buy your books? No, not yet. It seems that many people are not yet ready to hear my words or to be penetrated by my ideas. It's as if my demographic soul sphincter is clenched too tightly for my wisdom to penetrate under normal conditions. And to them I'd say, how can you expect to receive my wisdom seed without unclenching your soul sphincter? Answer me that. I mean, that's just crazy. But that's how people think. So, if no one is buying them... Why not use the segment as a chance to raise awareness for your revolutionary paradigm-shifting wisdom and life-coaching methods? Did I say that right? Oh, I, I think I see what you're saying, that I could use this platform as a way to connect with potential client partners and expand my reach and influence. That's something I approve of, I think. Yeah, let's do this, a podcast segment. Until naturally it becomes too popular and must be spun off into its own superior podcast. Sure. We can see how it goes, and then we can go from there. I wanted to ask you about being a shaman. Are shamans like wizards? Shamans are just wizards who live in their cars. Uh, they don't do all the book learning, fancy degrees, and hence have a much harder time landing a job in this current very unfair economic climate. If you've ever wandered around the parking lot of a jam band show, 73% of the people there and 84% of the ones you tried to buy mushrooms from were likely shaman. The likelihood reaches somewhere in a neighborhood of 97% if they're also selling salvia. Look for the elaborate homemade whippet rigs and there you'll find the shaman. It also says that you're a monk, too. What kind of monk are you? Well, not the drunk, filthy, beekeeping, robe-wearing kind, that's for sure. Um, I'm one of those mystical kind of monks who dwell in the mountains. They spend their entire lives cultivating wisdom and psychic powers, and I am one of those monks. You mean like the Shaolin monks? Can you jump around and kick things? Well, no. Shaolin monks are like uncoordinated children compared to the mystic monks of the mountain. Yes, I can kick many things with my mystic feet, but violence does not solve most problems. The way of the mountain monk is one of non-violence. Most threats can be dealt with using my immense understanding of human psychology, which I use to carefully choose the most soothing words available in order to de-escalate the situation. And if that fails, then lawyers. Oh. Okay. Why'd you be... Hmm... Let me take a second and think about this next question. Why did you decide to become a life coach? And what is one, anyway? Well, when I returned to the U.S., I quickly discovered that being a shaman mostly just gets you kicked out of restaurants. Good luck getting a hotel room without 50 forms of ID and at least three character references. 
Your spirit guide doesn't count, by the way. There are only three states that currently allow psychopomps as references. Life coach seemed like a natural solution to my problem. Life coaches are shamans with book deals. <laughs> Eat that, wizards. Just as an athlete wouldn't enter into an Olympic competition without intensive training under a coach of sport, the alive shouldn't dream of living without intensive training with a coach of life. A life coach, if you will. Well, I'm glad that's working out for you. Do you mind if I ask you something more personal? Like, have you ever been married? Yes, it was a tragedy. How come it was a tragedy? She was... troubled. Uh, I'll start at the beginning so you don't become confused. We met, not you and I, I mean my dead wife and I. Her name was Abigail Knob. Uh, we met at an intensive five-day life coach certification seminar some years ago. It was love at first sight. We would spend all day learning how to coach life and all night talking about our dreams and making furious love in the back seat of her car before going to bed in the front. We were poor and uncertified at the time, but we didn't care. We had love in each other. The lovemaking was furious, did I mention? Yeah, I, uh, I think so. After we became certified, I asked her to marry me. You should have seen her face. There was so much joy and astonishment. Maybe a touch of confusion. No, on second thought, I'm glad you didn't see her face. It was too radiant. You would have been injured. We married in the same meeting room that our life coaching seminar was held. That's, um, that's pretty romantic. How did you like being married? As I said, it was tragic. At first, it was amazing. We spent the days working, and after dinner, I would retire to my office to develop my life-changing, life-coaching techniques, as would she hers. In bed at night, we'd discuss our day and how developed our techniques were becoming. Often, there would be lovemaking. This was the honeymoon phase, and we were both still very happy. Well, this continued for several months. I was quite pleased with how my techniques were advancing. Began to share my findings with my lovely Abigail Knob Holmes now. And she would listen with rapt attention at every word I said. My pie charts about soul sections and how they influence behavior were arousing to her. She would demand I take her right there on the dinner table. Often before we even cleared it. <laughs> Would you do that? Of course, yes, most of the time. Did you ever um, break the table? No, the only thing that ever broke on that table were two false craft gravy boats and my heart. As my techniques became more refined and my explanations longer, Abigail began to develop a soul sickness. Her eyes started to look glazed over during my talks, and she often smelled of vodka, the most treacherous of all liquors. All of the clears, anyway. I noticed that these were signs of a budding drinking problem, so I began to record affirmations and created PowerPoint presentations in order to help her. Did that help things out? Sadly, no. Her illness had progressed too far to be affected by any of my affirmations. That didn't stop me from trying, though. I tried. I, I really did. But she just didn't get any better. She started forgetting to come home on some nights. And in her confusion, bed other quarters, many, many other quarters, she apparently started seeing a doctor at some point, and these little pill bottles started to appear in our apartment, often hidden. 
I would come upon them by chance by sorting her undergarment drawer. Yeah. Underwear drawers need the most sorting. Did you ever notice that? One night I gave the best coaching of my life, up to that point, of course, and showered her with an outpouring of infographics. She was not responsive to my wisdom, nor any other outside stimulus at this point. She wasn't even checking her phone every 30 seconds like she usually did. She even got a few texts. Nothing. Just beside myself with concern for her safety, and carried her to my bed and helped her take the rest of her pills. Kissed her on the forehead, and then one last time... Didn't know it at the time, of course, this was pre-tragedy. I'm not a psychic. I work for a living. So I went downstairs to review my charts and was up all night looking for a solution to her drinking pill cheating problem, but I just couldn't find it. Oh no! Hmm, I know. I was failing. It was a new feeling for me. In the morning I went to wake her up, but it was too late. She had taken too many pills and her soul left her body to return to the spirit realm. Gee. That really is tragic. I still have her hair. All of it. Wow. Okay. That's pretty intense. Um, is she still dead? Uncle Mort might be able to help you out with the resurrection. Ugh, I find necromancy to be such a distasteful practice. Now we have the streets crawling with the undead demanding equal rights under the Constitution. Hey, Mr. Walks Through Walls, the Constitution's called a living document for a reason. You hear that weird baby that appears on my ceiling, spins around, and squeals like a pig? Go back to the guff where your mother put you. Well, it's not for everyone, that's for sure. Hey, let's try this fun interview game. If you had to, what mythological figure would you most identify with? Hmm, well, if I had to identify with a mythological figure, I think it would definitely be Icarus, flying to the sun on his mighty wings, bringing back the fire of wisdom for all mankind. That's something that resonates with and within me. That's a good one. I never pick Icarus. But he's pretty cool. So, I see that you've revamped your SEG column. And you're innovating and disrupting the advice column industry. Did, um, did I say that right? Well, that is correct. I have elevated and perfected the standard advice column into something fit for this century. I no longer have to rely on the postal system and the psychopaths that work there in order to restore people's happiness and save them from themselves. It's much easier to use my ability to travel astrally directly into the dreams of troubled souls and work my magic while I am inside them. That sounds an awful lot like what Merwin does. And who is Merwin? He's the pet psychic. You work with him? I don't associate with the others who work at my website. I only read my column and the ads I occasionally place in order to ensure they meet my standards and specifications. Right. You might want to look into Merwin's column, since you're stealing his act and all. I do not steal. I reinvent. It's not uncommon for me to perfect if I have the time, which I often don't on account of how successful I am. Merwin should be thanking me. Well, I'm sure he does. So, I've noticed you've written two books. Are there any plans for a third? Yes, as we speak, I'm working on my autobiography. What's Wrong With Me? The Hugo Holmes Now Story. It's a chronicle of my tragic childhood and how I rose above it to become the success that I am today. That sounds riveting and engrossing. When will it be out? 
Oh, my greatness simply cannot be rushed. Uh, I'm shooting for this winter, but I'm so busy with my clients and develop revolutionary life-changing techniques, and I cannot say for sure. What are you working on now? Anything revolutionary? I've developed a revolutionary new life coaching technique called vocalating. It involves orally articulating tones with a predetermined informational value that could be strung together in organizational syntactical clusters to convey some greater piece of meta-information. I've submitted a patent for this technique and am eagerly awaiting its approval. It will change life coaching forever. Wow, really? How's that work? Hicknack, tilik attack, hicknack was good fam. Huh? If you knew the ideas the sounds represented, you would know I just said, Hello, friends, my name is Hugo, and your life is about to change. So... So you invented another language? No, 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 a technique, vocalating. Wouldn't it be easier just to say what you wanted to say? Mm, no, this is revolutionary. Well, it's something, that's for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're running short on time here. Before you go, do you have anything you want to plug? Well, I already mentioned my two books. Were you not listening? Uh, do you not listen to me? That won't help anyone, let alone yourself. Well, my first book is called What's Wrong With You? An Introduction to What's Wrong With You. What's that book about? It's about what's wrong with you. Honestly, are you not here? Am I vocalating? Anyway, my second book is called Conquer Your Dreams. and How to Conquer Your Dreams and Accomplish Your Goals. Well, that sounds like a good one. It is. All my books are. They're available in E and P book formats from Amazon. What's a P book? Paper. It's a book made from paper. Wow! Geez, really? That's... Amazing, I know. Thank you. Is there anything else? When my patent for vocalating is improved, there will be a DVD set of lectures released about how to use it to change your life. Uh, the lectures will also stream over the internet. And next month, my release, The Kraken Within Tour, is coming to Quality Inns across Florida. Tickets are available now. What the... What the hell is that? It's a seminar about releasing your inner kraken, the octopus of success, and each of its arms is a tentacle of achievement. What are those achievements, you ask? Well, you just have to be in Gainesboro on the 7th of July to find out. And next month, I'm hosting a teamwork retreat. Yeah, teamwork sure is important, that's for sure. I've been trying to get some teamwork going around here, but some people just resist it. It's like they don't want to be part of the team. Well, as I say in my teamwork seminars, no one person can be a Frankenstein. It takes the best parts from everybody to make a successful Frankenstein. And I'm Frankenstein's doctor, putting them all together. Now you can go out and strangle some villagers. And who are those villagers? The villagers are your dreams, and anyone who gets in the way. Well, thanks for coming by. That's enough for now. Well, you're as welcome as you are. Lucky to have spoken with me. Okay. Oh, wait, I, I'm not done plugging yet. I've, I've just secured a deal for a new segment on this very podcast starting next month. Oh, wow. What's that going to be like? One of my underlings will be reading excerpts from my books. It'll be a teaser of sorts for the full blast of my wisdom. Huh, I see. Is there anything else that you want to plug? Is that all there is? No, that's enough, and you couldn't handle it all. You can only handle the tip of my teachings and methods. Well, you got that right, I guess. I would just like to take this moment to thank myself for stopping by and talking with you here today and agreeing to spread some more wisdom to a world that desperately needs it. 
There you have it, folks. Thanks, Reverend Dr. Hugo, shaman, monk, life coach, for stopping by and telling us a little bit about what you do and how you do it and why you do it. It was pretty informative and fun. Wish you luck with your third book and your Release the Inner Kraken tour. And if you guys want tickets for that, I guess you can go to the SaturdayEveningGhost.com and we'll have as much information as, as, we, as we can there for you. Um, okay, thanks Hugo. Thanks for sticking around through all that jazz. This is the part of podcast when I tell you about wizard shit. I know I've been cursing a lot this episode. That's because our sponsor, Ligaments, they want us to be extreme so we can appeal to the right demographic. I don't mind saying shit damn a fuck to make a couple bucks. So, I don't know. If you're offended by that kind of thing, you probably don't care about magic and spirits and psychic powers and all that stuff anyway, so I'm not going to concern myself too much about it. I do want to talk about psychic powers for another minute and 20 seconds, and then we're going to get on to the fun parts of the podcast. Lots of people think that being psychic means that you can get a lot of numbers, but you can't, so then they ask you why you can't get a lot of numbers if you're psychic, and the answer is complicated, and they don't want to hear it. Um... Numbers are very difficult to transfer telepathically. It's really hard to get a number. The Russians in the 40s, they tried for years to turn their spies into psychic spies and get phone numbers out of other people's heads, and they couldn't do it. When you're talking mind thought transference, it's just going to be mostly pictures and simple words. Complex things like numbers... Our brains don't even understand them. So how are they supposed to beam them to other brains? That's another thing I want to talk about. Beaming things into other people's brains. It's possible, and it happens a lot. And it's rude. It's mostly unintentional. It's even worse when it's on purpose. Telepathy? That's a harsh horse to ride. You gotta do a lot of work before it makes sense. And then... It's not even that useful of a skill. Like, the ability to hear someone's thoughts is totally tied to the emotional charge behind them. It's almost like emotions push thoughts out of people's heads. And then if if you're in the right state of mind, like after three Jägermeisters, then you'll probably pick up on it. But you won't notice, because it'll just be another voice inside your head. That's telepathy. There's a lot of other psychic powers, but they all work the same. In telepathy, you hear people think. In audiolepathy, you hear people... You hear sounds. The sounds they make in their heads, they just pop right into your head. That's no fun. You know? Then there's uh, psychometry. That's the ability to uh, touch an object and see everybody else who touched it. Why would you want that to happen? Especially if you're in a library or bus station bathroom you know that's not very useful what I'm getting at is <clears throat> psychic powers they're real 
but they're just kind of a pain in the ass. We don't know how to use them yet. The best you could do is get a job reading tarot cards on the phone for 50 cents a minute. That doesn't seem like a fair trade for what you have to go through to acquire them. So, I hope you learned something about psychic powers. It's okay if you didn't. I'm not sure I did. Let's, uh, let's listen to a song now. Alright, I guess you're still listening. Here's something good for you. This is something we've never done before. I don't know if you know about Boozabith from Anticel Smith, Alchemist of the Blues, Bluesman Alchemist. He writes a column for the SEG about booze wizardry, which is how you can use the altered states of mind brought about by drinking in order to reach mystical illumination. And he also sings blues songs. Uh, we had the rare opportunity of being in the same timeline as him for a few minutes, and he agreed to um, get his guitar and sit down on a stool and stomp his foot on the ground while he played the guitar and sang a song for us. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is an, it's a pretty old song. I don't know much about it, and he didn't say anything about it. He also declined to be interviewed afterwards. But everybody's different. It's okay if they don't want to talk. But this song is called I Know I've Been Changed. And it's really old American spiritual tune. I hope you like it. Amen. 
Gee whiz, that was something. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That's a pretty good song. I hope you um go to SaturdayEveningGhost.com and look up all of BF Smith's columns. Maybe you'll become a booze wizard yourself. Now, this is happening. Wow. I don't know how you feel, but I need a nap after this podcast took a lot out of me. I want to thank, um, well, maybe thanks not the right word, but it's the closest one I can think of right now. I want to thank the Reverend Dr. Hugo Holmes now for coming by and innovating and disrupting all over the podcast. I hope his Release Your Inner Kraken tour is a success. You might want to go if you're in or near Florida. If you do go, why don't you tell me how it went? I'm curious. But not curious enough to know by myself. So I'm going to leave it up to you to tell me how that went. I hope you enjoyed his interview though. And I guess next episode he's going to be part of the podcast. So we'll see how that goes too. huh? I want to thank our sponsor Ligaments. The only mint made from real fucking horses. Did I say that right? I hope I did. And as always we're sponsored by SaturdayEveningGhost.com Your one-stop shop for ridiculous ads, useless advice columns, horoscopes that make no sense, and serial fiction. That's fun to read. Even when you're not pooping on the toilet. You could read it on the bus, or the train, or sometimes you could sit on your couch and read it. It's good stuff. Thanks everybody, and we'll be back next month with episode 5. And who knows what's going to happen then. That's it for episode 4. I hope you made it this far to the secret track that happens after the final theme. This is where I say thanks again to everybody who made this podcast possible. Um, Also, why don't you go down to the SaturdayEveningGhost.com but don't put the the in front of it. I was trying to trick you. Just put SaturdayEveningGhost.com into your computer and go where it takes you. And if you want, Check out the Patreon page that we have. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to the Secret Merwin Cam, a special column I write called Learning the Wiz, Practical Lessons, Modern Wizardry. I'll show you all kinds of magic in that. That shit. That motherfucking shit. Okay, that was as many curses as we needed to put in to keep Ligaments as a sponsor. So, I'll see you guys in episode 5. Thanks for stopping by. I'll podcast on you later. Well, that's it for episode four. I hope you made it this far to the secret track that happens after the final theme. 
this is where I say thanks again to everybody who made this podcast possible. Um, also, why don't you go down to the Saturday Evening Ghost dot com, but don't put the the in front of it. I was trying to trick you. Just put Saturday Evening Ghost dot com into your computer and go where it takes you. And if you want, check out the Patreon page that we have. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to the Secret Merwin Cam, a special column I write called Learning the Wiz, Practical Lessons, Modern Wizardry. I'll show you all kinds of magic in that. That shit. That motherfucking shit. Okay, that was as many curses as we needed to put in to keep Ligaments as a sponsor. So, I'll see you guys in episode 5. Thanks for stopping by. I'll podcast on you later. <laughs>